On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had the pleasure of talking to Chuck Melber from Nomad Goods. Oh man, what a conversation. For those of you guys who don't know Nomad Goods, they are massive. Uh, it was really, really an honor to get to uh, chat with them. We talked all about marketing. We talked about something really, really interesting, and it was a tweak to something that I've been doing with our brands for a while and brands that we consult on as well. And it has to do with collaborations and it was a certain way that they did um, these collaborative contests together that really helped drive tons of new business for all the companies involved. A really good way to collaborate. Just absolutely loved it. I'm not going to tell you guys exactly what it was because you're going to have to listen to this week's episode. At Mindful Marketing, we know that you want your brand to be successful. In order to do that, though, you need to predictably acquire new customers. The problem is Facebook and Google are only getting more expensive, which makes you feel unsure of whether your brand will survive. We believe that building a community of loyal and repeat customers is the answer. We understand how hard it is to predictably grow a brand, which is why we have created a system using our own mid-seven-figure e-commerce brand as a test case. And here's how we do it. Number one, we execute a profitable ads strategy. Number two, we build a brand-owned loyal base of repeat customers. And number three, we grow exponentially, predictably, and consistently. So download our free sales launch checklist at mindfulmarketing.co slash SLC so you can stop having sales that bomb and instead grow your revenue predictably and exponentially. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook and Google ads for the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to build you a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. Learn more at mindfulmarketing.co. Now on to today's episode. Chuck Melber, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Jordan, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to have me on. Totally, totally. I, I had a, a computer update before this happened that literally took half an hour. And I'm like, oh no, I don't know if this interview is going to happen or not. I, I <laughs> I've, hear got, you again. <laughs> I've got like a brand new like MacBook Pro, like the, you know, you can't get any better. And this thing, man, it just bogs down sometimes. We're not going to talk about Apple products today, are we? I mean, we'll talk about Apple accessories at least. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay. Apple accessories. Now you can see I'm like fully appled up everywhere. So I love it, man. It looks good. AirPods Pro are, are perfect for you there. Oh, they're good. They're great for podcasting. Chuck, for people who don't know about you and your brand, um, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I'm the marketing director over at Nomad. We're a consumer electronics accessories manufacturer. That's a long-winded way of saying we make cases and cables and batteries and stuff like that for iPhone and Apple Watch accessories or for iPhone and Apple watches. Cool. Um, yeah, we're, we started on Kickstarter eight years ago and we're off and running and doing our thing and just making a bunch of really, really nice products for everyone out there. That's awesome. Can you tell me like, like what sorts of products exactly are you making? Like, so you're making cases, like what, yeah, what, what so, other kind of accessories? So we have cases for iPhone, uh, all, a whole wide ranging uh, lineup of straps for Apple Watch. Uh, we have some really, really awesome wireless chargers for iPhone, Apple Watch, basically anything that charges with wireless, so Samsung, Google, et cetera. Some extremely durable and badass Kevlar cables that I think are kind of our sleeper product. Like no one really talks about Kevlar cables or wants to talk about lightning cables, but they're over-engineered to the max. And what else have we got? We also have a lineup of like other, just like more 
classic or analog leather accessories to complement that. So like wallets and passport holders, mouse pads, MacBook Pro cases, et cetera. Cool. I think what I like going to your website too, is that it just matches so well with Apple. It's sexy, you know, like you go to the website and you're like, oh, okay, this is like, this is good stuff. Right. Rather than like, you know, cases for you or. Yeah, no, I I wish I could take credit on that, but the design team and the co-founder have have had a a very strong hand in the, the, the aesthetic that you see there on the site, as well as our packaging and the products themselves. That's great. I mean, really, that's what sells, right? In the end, you can get a message and an offer in front of people, but if it's not a good offer, if it's not a good product, you're not going to really be able to sell. So let's, what I really want to dive into since, you know, you're the marketing guy, I want to dive into marketing. I want to talk about 2020, kind of what's happened for you guys, where some of your growth has been. Let's get into marketing now. What's working in 2021 for you guys? Well, like you said at the beginning of the the read there, there's definitely a a big hat to be hung on Facebook, Instagram, Google. That's definitely a pillar of our marketing platform. But my personal favorite avenue or, or channel for marketing for us is PR and outreach and, and getting that earned media to educate customers about our products that may not know about them or get our products in front of the eyes of customers who already know us, but maybe didn't know about the newest product launch yet. Okay. Let's talk about that because this is something that we've, I mean, I've tried to get a PR expert specifically for e-com on this podcast before, and it's, mm-hmm. it's actually hard to find. Like for me, I'm like, is this, am I looking for just a general PR person? Can you guys walk me through what your PR strategy is? Cause I think that'd be super helpful for our audience just to get the wheels spinning, right? Like what do we do for PR? Like what's the best way to reach out to people? What are you trying to do? So do you mind, can you walk me like kind of in depth through what that looks like? Yeah, totally. I think something that's going to resonate with a lot of your listeners is the idea of owning your customer. Uh, you know, you want to get people off of Facebook or Instagram and into your email list, right? The same exact thing with PR and working with the press in general. You want to own those relationships as much as you can. So what does that mean for us at Nomad? Since day one, we've basically bootstrapped our entire PR operation. We've worked with PR agencies off and on when needed, but by and large, we try to do everything in-house. So that means establishing the relationships, finding the right writer or the right podcaster or whatever it may be for the right subject at the right time. This is earned media right here. Yes. Right. Like you coming, you coming on here is a hundred percent earned media. You're going to get a backlink. You're going to get, you know, people listening about Nomad people. Actually, this is perfect. I didn't really even think about for you. I'm like, (laughs) this is good for me because this is my podcast, but like, this is okay. Okay. I, I mean, my wheels are starting to spin here. So what do you look for when you're looking for like a specific, let's talk about a writer. Like, what are you looking for in that writer? And then what, how are you reaching out to them? So in the, in the early days, it was literally myself and the co-founders sitting on Twitter or just sleuthing through our favorite tech publications and finding people that are covering topics that were relevant to our brand. So more often than not, that's accessories, people that are just covering, doing accessories reviews. So just yeah. spending the time online and digging for the details on those people. So you, you go to the tech crunch, you find the writer, find them on Twitter, try to dig up an email address and start doing direct personal outreach. The big thing for us at Nomad is we use our Twitter account largely as a PR arm. It's a way for us to connect with a ton of writers, uh, YouTubers, creators, et cetera, because everyone's on Twitter. And yeah. You have real, like authentic, albeit very short conversations of people that give your brand a personal touch rather than just some PR agency that's kind of representing a brand and no one knows who's behind the scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That totally makes sense. Do you consider influencers in like, is that part of your PR strategy having influencers or is this, or do you kind of separate the two out? I'd say I consider YouTube creators as part of our PR strategy for sure. Yeah. Uh, influencers in like the Instagram sense, that's a whole different 
football game, I think. So like today is a really good example. We actually just launched a brand new iPad Air cases. So we went through our normal PR rhythm with that, where we reach out to all our existing contacts or a handful of them at least a week ahead to get them a sample unit so they can check it out and review the product under embargo. But then the day of launch, we- Sorry, we, what, what do you mean that under embargo? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So basically we, we try to seed products to our press contacts at least a week ahead of time so they can review it like secretly, so to speak. So they have time to get hands-on with the product or the experience before it's officially available on the website. So that way on day one, they are able to write an educated review of the product, having seen it before everybody else. Under embargo is basically like a, don't share this with anybody until X day and time. Until we tell you, yeah, okay. Until we tell you, okay. okay. And it's a, a mutually agreed upon thing you, you set up in advance. Sometimes people want to check the product out early and sometimes they don't. Oftentimes when you have a good relationship with the press, they're very willing to communicate that with you. So yeah, I mean, that's like step one for us. And then step two is like on the day of launch, do a broader outreach to everybody we work with, the YouTube creators, the, the influencers, the like there's product reviewers and everyone in between to, to get the word out there. And those like product reviewers, cause I'm kind of thinking them like, especially mm -hmm. YouTube, I think that YouTube is the height of influencers. Mm -hmm. Like in, in my opinion, I absolutely, especially like with reviews. I mean, I'm sure, you know, are you paying these people or are you just sending them product and asking them for a review? We're, we, so we have an affiliate program set up that we welcome anybody to join uh, as a way to monetize content that they are creating around Nomad. Uh, we haven't done paid placements where it's an explicit contract. If here's X amount of dollars to cover this product. Yeah. But at the same time, I also don't set up expectations of I'm sending you this product. I demand a review. It's more of a friendly conversation. It's here's the product. If it fits into your review scheme or it fits into your schedule, then fantastic. And if not, that's fine because I'm not paying you. So I'm not going to ask you to do something you don't want to do. So you're using their, you're giving them a, like a link, like from an affiliate program mm -hmm. that they can then use if yeah. they want. And that's going to track their affiliate sales. And then you automatically pay them. What app are you guys using to do that? For affiliates right now, we're using a uh, pepper jam, but there's a number of different stuff out there. Uh, share sales, CJ impact. There's, I don't even know, there's probably okay. a dozen and different pepper, companies, but is that a Shopify integration or it, what is it? So pepper jam is its own standalone company. They have a Shopify integration to reconcile data. Okay. But it's not like it wasn't designed specifically for Shopify. It's its own program on the side. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, sometimes those can be a lot more powerful too, right? Because they're not just solving for that Shopify problem, right? They're solving, yeah. you know, across everything. And I can imagine for you guys, probably with the volume that you do, it's worth having a solution yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having a third party that can manage all the tracking and the payments and all that kind of stuff is fantastic to have. I can't even imagine if I was trying to manage that <laughs> tracking data myself on a day-to-day -day basis or with, with, with the team at, at Nomad. Uh, just so at, I can tell you, because I can't can't imagine what that would be like on the e-com side. So I own a few brands on the e-com side, right? And then also an agency. And at the agency, we'll do partnerships with people, right? And so if we refer somebody, we, we just have like, you know, mm -hmm. certain little commissions and stuff. It's just, yeah. just a way for us to be able to refer business back and forth. And oh my gosh, it is the worst thing ever to track because we track it all manually, right? And like, luckily I don't do that myself. We have people mm -hmm. who track it, but it's always wrong. We're manually tracking the stuff and it's always wrong. So all of that being said, I'm sure that there are affiliate programs out there for agencies as well, but like, like mm -hmm. if, you know, e-com brands who are listening, get a good affiliate program. If that's how you're going to compensate your influencers or your reviewers mm -hmm. or whatever, I think it's a great way to do it because I don't love money changing hands like that. Like we refuse yeah. at, at all of our brands, we refuse to pay for placements because there's a lot of people out there who are going to do it for free. But this is, but having that affiliate link, I think is a great idea. Yeah. The affiliate link at the very least, if you can't set up your own affiliate program, have your products available on Amazon so people can take advantage of that affiliate program. Totally. Um, That's a great idea. Definitely helps a lot as well. And again, it's one of those things, Amazon manages it all and you don't have to worry about anything. Totally. Let Amazon deal with it. 
Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Uh, okay, Chuck, I got a question for you. This is going to be a bit of a tough one, a bit mm-hmm. of a revealing one. Tell me about in the last year, your worst marketing campaign. Worst marketing campaign in the last year. Have you had any flops? I mean, so at Nomad, I, I kind of oversee all things marketing, uh, email marketing included. I've had... In the past year, I've done a poor job of updating marketing or email marketing content as it pertains to like evergreen campaigns, you know, welcome series, win back series, that kind of stuff. So I, I think that's I feel like that biggest. falls that totally falls to the wayside, I think, for a lot of brands. I, I don't think it that does. that's unique, right? I don't think so. And I've, I've been trying to get on top of it and I'm frustrated with not doing so in 2020. So I'd say that's my biggest like personal frustration from the year. But in general, marketing campaigns, we didn't have, I mean, COVID was just, it was a weird year. So like, it was, I know, I know. And it is 2021. I mean, we're looking at the brands we work with at, at Mindful Marketing, and then we're looking mm-hmm. at our brands that we own and we're, everyone's up. I'm like, yeah, is this just the new normal now that like everybody shops online? And this is just, this is the volume we should expect. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we did some really interesting initiatives with cross promotion and other brands via email marketing. I love leveraging other people's audiences. I, I'd love to hear about how you guys did it. Yeah. So during the beginning of COVID where everyone was panicking, we're like, okay, how are we going to promote ourselves, but then also try to uplift our friends or other brands that we're homies with? Um, we came up with the, okay, everyone's working from home and bored and has to set up their home setup, their home office setup now, because they had never had to do that before for the yeah. most part. So we decided, okay, let's launch a work from home campaign where we promote what we feel are like the best work from home products. Everyone's going to also offer a similar discount code. I think we settled on like 25% or something like that. But for that one, basically what we did is we partnered, I think with 10 brands, uh, Nomad built out a landing page to highlight all 10 of those brands that then linked out to their websites. We created a bunch of visual assets for email and shared okay. it with all the partner brands and then all the partner brands blasted out an email promoting this cross-promotional landing page of work from home gear. Okay. Um, okay. Does, sorry, it's kind Chuck, of just, a lot to back, but yeah. No, no, no. I, I love it. I love it because I think what I just picked up that I have been missing and that I've seen missing is that landing page with everyone's. So, so who gets to pixel that landing page? We hosted it on our site since we did all the leg, leg work. We did, did another the brands one. care? Everyone, I mean, we were very transparent about it and everyone seemed okay with it. Or everyone said, yeah, let's go. So, <laughs> Or they didn't realize how much that data <laughs> is worth. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, also it's the legwork too, right? Like if you're putting in the legwork, I just think that's a great idea to host one landing page that has all the offers on it. That's a cool Yeah, idea. and then standardizing the offers. Like I said, I think it was 25% off and we all use the same code to make it really easy and transparent for the consumer to go out and shop like multiple sites, but not have to think about, okay, this company is using one code. They're using a different one. It's yeah, it's all the same code. Done. So so they, then there was links to each one of these brands on exactly. there. Yeah. And then, okay, so I love giveaways. I love Instagram giveaways. Yep. I think that they're great. I think, you know, tag a friend, like it's great. It grows, grows Instagram pages, but think of your giveaways differently. Like this to me, this is brilliant. This, I'm, I'm actually going to steal a couple ideas from this because I think that that's, it's a missing piece where you can really add value to other brands right? Especially when you, you know, when you're talking to bigger brands, especially like we at our baby clothing company, we had a a conversation this morning with a huge book company, just like a Goliath comparatively to us. But because we came at them with value and we're going to do all the work, their person was a hundred percent on board with it. Right. Makes it Um, real easy. That's for sure. Yeah, totally. So, so for you doing the legwork for all these brands, it's like a no brainer. What does it cost them? One email to send out? It's not costing them anything, right? Yeah. It's real easy. Yeah. We did that a couple of times this year and it worked out really well every single time. Um, That's great. And are you just, I guess you're just tracking via that coupon code then. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Looking at the coupon code usage and then reconciling that against how many people on our email list use the code. So like if code was used a hundred times, 
maybe 30 people from our site used it. Great. That's 70 brand new net new customers that we didn't have before. Totally. That cost you nothing to acquire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if I you look at your customer lifetime value, right? Especially yeah. for you guys in being, you know, in Apple world where they change everything all the time and the sizes and... Yep, every year. I've got in our uh, e-commerce executives mastermind, I've got a phone case company as well. And they're just mm-hmm. like, Apple's the greatest thing that ever happened to us. You know, like <laughs> just continually changing sizes. And <laughs> yep, no, every year it's rinse and repeat. Try to figure out what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's just break that back down into steps. So step yeah. one was you reach out to brands. Yes, we identified brands that we thought would be good partners. How mostly. many brands at, at a time are we talking about here, Chuck? For these, I think we were doing like, we were shooting for eight to 10. Uh, okay. A lot of times they kind of were campaigns that came, that came together somewhat last minute. I know a lot of bigger brands try to like operate on a quarterly plan basis or like more long-term and we're just bouncing from one crazy situation to the next with COVID. So some of these had like a three to four week turnaround. So uh, we'd often reach out to like 16 or 20 brands and settle on eight or so that could participate. So eight at a time. Eight at a time in each campaign. Yeah. Mostly just because it looks really nice on the website to have two stack for a four by two grid of brands more or less. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. I <laughs> like that. an aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. 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 Totally. So then basically you just have their logo with their offer yeah, so on, we did a, on that landing page. Yeah. Landing page had logo, like basically a lifestyle image with a logo super posed in a one sentence description, more or less of the brand. I love the perfect, it. The perfect standing desk company or something like that. We didn't partner with a standing desk company, but that, that would be a good example. That would, yeah, yeah. That would have been a great one. <laughs> yeah, if only. But most of the brands we reached out to were people we already had relationships with that make the discussion much easier as well. It literally is just a quick two sentence, like, hey, this is what we're doing. Would you like to participate? Great, let's go. That's, uh, it's so easy. It's great. It, yeah, it definitely makes it easy. I think one thing that comes of that though is a, a suggestion I have for smaller e-commerce businesses is reach out to people or companies that you admire, not maybe in your space or adjacent to your space, your, your market, and just connect with people there. If you're on the CS team for a baby goods company, reach out to the CS team for a toy company and compare yeah. notes. See what you guys do the same and different and, and learn from it. Establishing those relationships makes other unique initiatives like this cross promo one oh, so much easier to happen or to do. Totally. Once you have those relationships, right? And that's very much, I mean, this probably goes without saying, but I think some people are born with it and some people aren't. Relationship first, right? It's so important. Just create the relationships and don't expect anything. I mean, really, like we're on episode 100 and you'll probably be episode 180. I have no expectations whatsoever for my podcast guests, right? Yeah. But we end up doing work together. Like there, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of stuff. There's stuff I can't even talk about that is in the background right now. Cool. That just happened because of creating this, these relationships with people, Mm -hmm. right? It's so, so important. So if somebody reaches out to you and asks you to be on their podcast, you say, you say yes. And that definitely goes back to what I was saying earlier about owning the PR experience and, and doing it in-house is having those relationships and nurturing them uh, as best you can as yourself or as your brand rather than relying on somebody else to do it for you. And that PR person could kind of own that too, right? They could, yeah. I can imagine they're, they're really good at forming those relationships, the person that you're going to choose to be your sort of head of PR. So if you can get them, you know, also creating relationships with other brands, I think that it's just become unstoppable. Yeah, no, I, I, I encourage every member of the Nomad team frequently to reach out to their counterparts at whatever business they admire. Like when I, we were much smaller, I was reaching out to brands way bigger than us. And like, yeah. 
and it's, you don't always get a response, but when you do, it's, it's incredible. You can meet some really good people and gain some really great insights. Totally. Totally. And there's like, you're never going to get to a place where you're too big to not talk to people, you know, exactly. <laughs> like, like at the same time, right? Like the brands that are smaller than you, I, I love talking to them. And then the brands that are bigger, it's like, Oh, this is incredible. I can't believe we're having these conversations. Yeah. There's always something to be learned with whoever you're talking to, regardless of the size of their business or their team or their experience. There's always something there for sure. Yeah, totally. So do you guys have a, like a full-time PR person then that manages that's, all that? That's, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's, that's great. We've recently expanded our marketing team. So I have a new person on the team that, that's running our affiliate program. I was previously managing that as well. Okay. So that's... she's a bit of PR because by nature, affiliate overlaps the PR, but in general, I'm, I'm running the PR show. Cool. Cool. That's yeah. great. I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everybody who comes on this podcast. I, what I prepared. Is... Oh, good. 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 What <laughs> is your secret to scaling? ABT. Always be testing. When it comes to product, it can be harder to test because it's a physical good. But when it comes to your checkout experience or the type of content you're posting, when you're posting, et cetera, like you can test that any day of the week and and learn something from it. So I, I think never let yourself get complacent and feel like you just have the right answer. Just keep on testing. And a really good example of that was in the past, we always did our marketing emails at like between 7 and 10 a.m., figuring that people would get it on their way to work and read it on the train or the bus or whatever. Yeah. We ran a test through Clavio or email, or yes, and deduced that actually 8 p.m. is our optimal send time. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Yes. And I'm, how would you have blessed. ever known that if you it didn't felt, test it? Exactly. And then we validated it six months 8, later. 8 p.m. what? Pacific? Eastern? Or, uh, uh, local time. Local time. 8 p.m. Look, yeah. that's crazy. I mean, I look at my emails that late. I, I hate to say like, yep. but no, some, I, does somebody need something from me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. And I feel I need to train myself out of it. But that testing mentality really can do a lot to move the needle for your business. I've got one more question for you about testing. So I, I noticed some notes in the call that you had with Silas. Mm-hmm. And so for people listening to this, Silas is really the the uh, the glue behind this podcast. If it was up to me, nothing would ever get done. So I, I only talk to people. <laughs> and you talked to Silas about this and gave him an update. You actually turned Facebook ads off in December. Is oh right? yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. So t- talk to me about that. So you turned Facebook ads off. What, uh, what was the result? Net neutral. I think <laughs> like net neutral as in like, like you didn't notice any sales difference or it was just, you just noticed the dip in sales comparatively to how much you were spending. We didn't really notice the sales difference. There's a whole bunch of theories about why I don't have any good data to share. Unfortunately, I think we should just let that sit just for a sec. Cause I yeah. think it's just like, we we've run tests like this all the time at our clothing company, mm-hmm. right? To see like, yeah. hey, is this moving the needle? Where, where should we really be focusing our budget? Yeah. And it's true. There are times where it does not make a difference. We're, yeah. we're actually, we're in the midst of a launch right now. And of course we have no Facebook ads running for this launch. We just email our list, SMS our list. And we're at, let me see here, 50,000 in the first 30 minutes. So obviously that's not, you know, that has nothing to do with ads, right? If we had ads on that, I don't think there'd be any difference whatsoever. It's really interesting. And and that's why we talk about at Mindful Marketing that we really want to get people off of the reliance on ads. I have no doubt that ads make a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need that top of funnel to get people on your site in the first place. But once you start establishing that customer base, you're you're off and running. Totally, totally. And that's why getting, not just getting click data is important, but getting customer reported data to me is so important, right? How many of those people are actually word of mouth customers that just happen to see an ad, right? Mm-hmm. Or did they see an ad and then talk to a friend? It's, it's so difficult to know. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So like the post-purchase surveys and stuff like that are important for that regard. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it's just an interesting thing to think about. And, and I think that we'll we'll maybe run some more experiments uh, with that and, and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, we're going to move on to our lightning round. I hope you've prepared for this one too. Yes, sir. You just seem like a prepared kind of guy. So uh, I think I this is great. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I got you fooled, um, that's for sure. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm sure our audience knows I, I go on a lot of podcasts and I am the opposite. I just never prepare for anything and uh, things sometimes go bad, so. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, it. all right, Jack, what's your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? I Can I do two? Yes, you may. Uh, Streak CRM, it's a, a yeah. Gmail plugin for managing. I use that for all my press outreach and it's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So you just run everything with Streak. Yeah. Yeah. It's, run, and are you on the free off. version or do you use their paid? I use the paid version now because my list is quite large. But uh, yeah, I got, I got the paid version. I partner with my affiliate partner, uh, Erica, who's been helping me out there. So we have shared shared Streak channels and stuff like that and batch and blast and it works great. I love it. Streak is super cool because it plugs right into Gmail. It's, it's awesome. I've used Streak for years, just the free version, just to mm-hmm. just to organize my life. It's yeah. it's really great to house contacts and like, um, you just never know when you're going to need to reach out to someone or where they sit in your like business brain. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's great. I can't say enough good things about Streak. Yeah, no, I'm a huge, huge fan. So definitely check it out if you haven't yet. And then the other one, as I mentioned, was Haro, which is a, it's called Helper Reporter Out. It's an inbound tool for finding press contacts, basically. They email three times a day with a bunch of different queries that different writers are looking for answers on. It can be anything from like, I don't know, men's hair growth to like the best wireless charger for iPhone. Like there's a ton of random things that come in. There's also a lot of really good gems that apply to me and the business I work at with Nomad. Um, so definitely that also worth checking out. Yes, totally. I've gotten Haro emails for for years. That's a yeah. perfect funnel to put your PR person onto, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I, and then they've got a free free version as well, right? Like, yeah, Haro, so, exactly. Yeah. So is yeah, that, is that all that out. you guys use or, the, or do you use the paid version? Uh, we... We also use Cision, which is, I think, partner tool or like a yes. company. Yes. We, we pay for Cision and get Haro as a result, but you could also just do Haro free version and that works fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Last. Oh, sorry. One more question. Two more questions here. Uh, favorite mm-hmm. podcast or audiobook that you're listening to? Oh, I just re- listened to, uh, I think it was called Norco 80 or Nor- it was uh, Norco something. It's about a, uh, the deadliest bank robbery in California history. Cool. And it happened, I think, in the 80s. So I'm pretty sure it's Norco 80, but it's on the LAS podcast uh, group. So definitely check that one out. Nice, nice. Oh, I love that kind of stuff. Last question for you. If you could sit down with anybody for an hour, have some coffee, tea, beer, wine, whatever with them, who would it be? Hunter S. Thompson. Who, who, the, sorry, who is that? Uh, Hunter S. Thompson, the writer. He wrote Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And oh, okay. All kinds of other crazy books. I read, I've read. i read a ton of his stuff and he just seems like a crazy character. Unfortunately, he's not with us anymore. So I can't have beer or wine or whatever with him, but he'd be an interesting one to sit down and chat with for sure. That's awesome. Chuck, thanks so much for coming on. This was a, a great conversation. I loved hearing... Uh... Yeah, just some of the stuff that you guys are doing. I'm literally, I'm going to steal that idea with the brands. I never thought about doing a co-branded landing page. Of course, it's brilliant. Go for it, man. It it worked out well and I'm sure it'll work fantastic for you guys' business as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Where can people find out more about you and and connect with the brand? Uh, Nomad, we're at Nomad on Facebook, at Nomad on Instagram and at Nomad Goods on Twitter, nomadgoods.com. We're also Nomad Goods on LinkedIn and I'm Chuck Melber on at LinkedIn. So awesome. Find us, find us anywhere. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. No, I appreciate it too, Jordan. Thanks. Have a great day. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So 
if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.